Good morning. Welcome to Harmony. Would you stand up with us this morning? It is good to see everybody in the house. Thanks for joining us online. If you haven't sang this song, I know you've heard it, but the words of this song are so appropriate for our remarkable series where we want to be more like Jesus, less like us. So as we sing this morning, if you don't know it, it'll catch on pretty quick. Lots of words, but sing along with me right here. Oh, I have days I lose the fight. Try my best, but just don't get it right. Now think about this. Where I talk and talk that I don't walk and miss the moments right before my eyes. Somebody with a hurt that I could have helped. Somebody with a hand that I could have helped. When I just can't see past myself, Lord, let me be a little more like mercy. Good morning and welcome to Harmony. If you're in person, we want to welcome you. If you're online, we are thrilled that you're making the decision to join us today. Uh, so no matter where, where you are, we are thrilled that you are here uh, with us. It's good to have the Hawkins home. 
from Florida the first Sunday back, and uh, it's good to have them here. And it's good to have all of you here, right? Uh, it's always good to be able to get together with people that we know, uh, to maybe come into a place where we've uh, not been and be here a first time. And if you're a first time guest today, we want to thank you for gathering uh, with us. We would love uh, the opportunity to connect with you after our service today. And you can come out to our Connection Center on Main Street, and we would love the opportunity uh, to learn more about you. We have a gift that we would love to send home with you, uh, and, and hopefully just uh, an overall experience that'll make your day just a little bit brighter. If you're watching online, it's the first time, hey, we want to thank you for gathering with us and uh, giving us your time uh, as well. And if you would fill out a Connect card and let us know that it's your first time, we would appreciate that. And everyone can fill out a Connect card online or in person by downloading our app and uh, letting us know that you are with us. And there's a Connect card uh, that's available in that app, and you can download that app uh, in the Apple Store or Google Play Store. You can get that, and we would encourage you to do that uh, because we would love the opportunity, again, to connect with you, learn more about you. If you have a prayer request, it's the perfect way uh, to let us know what's going on uh, and, and let us know how we can pray with you and for you. Well, we've got a, a lot taking place in the next couple of weeks, uh, and uh, Mother's Day is coming up, and we're going to be honoring uh, the moms on, on Mother's Day. Uh, we've got uh, another uh, special day coming up. We've got the Man Church event uh, coming up on May the 23rd. Uh, that's at 5 o'clock right here, guys. Uh, and uh, I want to encourage you to invite friends, uh, it, whatever it might be uh, that you would like to to kind of take away on May 23rd from a, a guy's perspective. I promise uh, it's going to be an awesome time. Uh, Rich Wingo, former uh, NFL great with the Green Bay Packers, is going to be our speaker. Uh, and uh, he's current uh, state senator uh, and, and in Alabama. I can't wait to ask him. He was born in Elkhart, Indiana. Uh, and he chose to play for Paul Bear Bryant uh, at Alabama rather than play at Notre Dame. Uh, and I just think we ought to ask him that question uh, when he gets here uh, on that evening. So we're just going to like have a little fun uh, that evening and ask him what his deal was, why he didn't just stay at home and play where he should have played. Um, but anyway, that's, that's uh, neither here uh, nor there. But that's coming up on May 23rd at 5 o'clock. We've got free food, giveaways, uh, and, and more taking place. All kinds of other things uh, going on. Obviously, there's still lots to pray for, uh, people to pray for, families to pray for, uh, events that have gone on in our community, uh, people that are suffering loss and, and uh, negotiating their way through uh, the tragedies that they're dealing with, uh, that they have been a part of, and we want to remember to pray for everyone uh, involved in, in every one of those situations. Today, in just a couple of minutes, uh, I'm going to be uh, giving a message just entitled, as we consider, as we continue this series, Remarkable, uh, I'm going to be talking today about the, the word different. And when we look at the life of Christ, it's definitely different. And today, as we continue uh, looking at that uh, study, Remarkable, I hope that it'll make a difference in your life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for who you are. Lord, as we have the opportunity to sing a couple of more songs about you, Lord, as we focus in on what your word says for our life and how our life can not only be better, but how our life can be different, how it can be less like us and more like you. Father, I ask that you will work in our hearts and in our lives. Fathers, for the, for the families that are, are suffering loss, as they're navigating their way through a path that they've never been. 
as they're dealing with heartache, as they're dealing with grief, Lord, I just ask that you will comfort them, strengthen them. Lord, as, as families are, are dealing with things that they found themselves in the midst of that they never anticipated, regardless of, of what side of some of the things they're, they're on that have taken place, we just ask that you would work in their life as well. Comfort them and strengthen them. And Lord, I pray that you would help us today, that we would leave this place different just a few moments from now. For it's in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us one more time? Because Jesus lived a different life, we can too. We, we can put our fears behind us. We can ask him to step in, surround us with his love. That's what this song is all about this morning. Sing with me right here. When darkness tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow seems to steal the joy I own, when brokenness and pain are all I know, I won't be shaken. I won't be shaken. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I
says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And it gives a whole list that includes any and everything you can think of. When we stand in his love, we are his child. And that's what this song is all about. Are you a child of God this morning? Think about these words. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? Sing it out now. I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Who the sun sets free, oh, is free in me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I heaven a lot of different things paradise a kingdom a city but in john chapter number 14 it's called the father's house it's a place of love it's a place of acceptance i'm thankful that that's a promise we can cling to this morning that we are chosen not forsaken let's sing that part again i am chosen not forsaken i am who you say i am you are for me not against me. I am who you say I am. 
Some worship this morning. You may be seated. Well, when we take a, a look at the word remarkable, it's a word that literally means different, unique. It, it stands out, it's separated from, and it kind of has its own place, has its own part. If I were to ask you today just, just one question, and it would be this question, what in your life would you like to be different right now? How would you answer that question? If something could be different right now and in your life, what would it be? Now, there's a lot of things that are going through minds right now because some of you are thinking, look, I, I, I would like to, to have something different in life. Some people would say, man, I would like a, a different job. Right now, I think that some people would, would say, maybe I would like a different economic status, right? Some of our, our younger ones are thinking maybe about their schedule tomorrow and, and, and they're thinking, I'd like a different teacher, Right? I, I, I would like something to be different in, in my life. We can all come up with, with something like that. Yet when we take a look at the life of Jesus, we notice that people in his day were looking for something different as well. You say, how do you know that? Because when, when people began to follow Jesus, one thing is said over and over and over and it's this, they did so immediately, and they did so because Jesus was different. Now, in Mark chapter 1, here's, here's kind of what we have. John the Baptist comes on the scene, and, and he says, hey, get ready. Get ready. I want you to make room for Jesus. And that literally is, is what prepare the way means, as, as he said in, in the first couple of verses. He says, look, you want to make room for someone different, then, then make room for Jesus. And then he begins to, to tell us that Jesus is one that has the answers to life and Jesus is the, the one that we need. But, but he continues on after that and, and we pick up the story of Jesus. And, and here's what Mark says. Mark says that Jesus went to Simon and his brother Andrew and here's what he did. He said, I want you to come and follow me. And they said, wow, this is absolutely incredible. And, and here's why it's incredible. Because in the day that Jesus was living, in the day that he's living this remarkable life, as, as Mark is writing it down, as Jesus is living, here's what people did. People would sit back and they would look and, and they would find a rabbi they wanted to follow. They would find a teacher that they wanted to give their life to and, and to sit under. And here's how it would happen. They, they would go and, and they would sit in. And, and if they liked what they observed and the rabbi liked what he observed, here's what would happen. They would begin to follow that teacher. But Jesus is doing something completely different. 
He's doing something that's against the norm. He's doing something different than what people are used to. Here's what Jesus is doing. Jesus is walking by and he's saying, look, you can come and you can follow me. Jesus is is walking a little further and he sees James and John and, and he says, look, you can come and you can follow me. And on both accounts, the Bible says this, they were busy with their careers, they were busy with their connections, they were kind of engulfed or wrapped up in their comfort zone, so to speak, and immediately they got up and left. James and John left the, the family business, they left the boats, they left the hired servants, They left a career, they left their connection, they left their comfort. Why? Because there was something and someone that was different, and they could see a distinctive difference in who he was. You see, here's what we tend to do. We tend to try and pick and choose those that we like, and we think, you know what? That's really not going to require that much of me, and I can be comfortable there, and I'll be okay there because maybe I'll fit in, and and I'm going to follow that one, or I'm going to be like that one because I think I can handle that. But Jesus has a completely different beginning as he's recruiting his followers. He says, hey, I want you to know, you, yeah, you can come and follow me. A fisherman, the sons of thunder, People, people that don't have the cleanest vocabulary, pe- people that aren't, aren't the cleanest people on, on, the, on the face of, of the earth, people that other people might push away. Jesus says, hey, I want you to come and I want you to follow me. And they begin to follow him and, and an absolutely incredible things begin to take place. But as they follow him, here's what they notice. They continue to notice that there's something different about Jesus. And here's the reality. I think there's a lot of people today that are looking for something different. Because when when I said, what would you want to be different in your life right now if you could make something different? I guarantee you, everyone watching and everyone sitting here has a scenario in their life that if they could make different, they would. If there's something that they could change, they would do it. If we think about it, if we, if we go back a little ways or, or we're anticipating something that's, that's coming ahead, we, we would say, look, I, I would like for this to, to be a little bit different. And here's what we're going to discover today in the life of Jesus and in the life of those that follow him. You see, the different that we're looking for isn't always found around us, but it can be found in one who is for us. And his name is Christ. We're going to discover today that he's the different that we all need, no matter who we are. Let's take a look at Mark chapter 1 and verse number 21. Here's what we begin to read. It says, then they went into Capernaum. And immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. Get this, it says, and they were astonished. At his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. He teaches them something different. He teaches a different way. He teaches maybe a a slightly more powerful and, and practical message. It's not as the scribes. It says this, now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you... 
come to destroy us. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a, a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, or who is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. In verse number 29, it says this, Now as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever, and they told him about her at once. So he came and took her by the hand, and he lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she served them. At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. When we look at what's happening in the life of Christ, the remarkable story, the story that's different, the life that's different, the life that's distinctive, he's going around and, and he recruits Andrew and he recruits Simon. He goes a little bit further and he recruits James and, and, and he recruits John. And then they, they go in, into the synagogue in the, the area of Capernaum. And as they go into the synagogue, Jesus just kind of steps forward and ministry begins to happen. He begins to teach people and he begins to do some absolutely incredible uh, things that, that are experienced and, and written out here. But there's some things that are in the, the life of Jesus in this passage that will make a difference in your life and my life if we will just kind of let it make that difference. One of the things that you're going to discover out of the life of Jesus over and over and over is, is this. It's the word commitment. And in this passage of scripture, we begin to see some, some practical words that empower our life for us to live a different life. Because if you want a different life, then, then here's what you're going to need. You're going to need a different commitment. If you want life to be different, if you want life to be better, if, if you want life to take on new meaning, then one of the things that, that we all need is just a different commitment. Because our life will become, and it will take on, and it will reflect what we are truly committed to. Now, I want you to understand when Jesus begins to, to walk into this synagogue, the Bible says that he steps forward, and the first thing he does is he begins teaching them, and he taught as one having authority, not as the scribes. What was Jesus committed to in this passage of scripture that sets him apart? You see, the, the scribes, the religious leaders of their day, do you know what they were committed to? They were committed to their plan. They were committed to their way. They were committed to the things that they had tacked on. You see, a, a long time before this, God had given his word, and God had said, look, here are my commandments, and here's what I want you to follow, and here's how I want you to live. Yet, uh, along comes this group of quote-unquote religious people, right? And, and, and can I just tell you today that religious people does not always mean godly people. 
all right? Re re religious people can, can mean any number of things. It can literally mean somebody that just has a routine and does something on a regular basis. And here's a, a reality. There, there's a group of religious people who, who have said, look, here's what we want to do. We want to we put our twist on it here, and we really think that we need to add something to it here. Can you imagine going and, and gathering on the Sabbath, because that's what's taking place here, and having to count your steps? Now, I know some of you are going, look, I do that right now because it's, it's on my phone or it's on my Fitbit, right? And you're tracking your steps so that you can burn that extra calorie. Look, they're not tracking steps so that they can kind of lose some weight in life. They're tracking their steps to make certain that they don't violate a policy that God never intended. Jesus comes in. And the Bible says he steps up and he teaches, and right away, they notice that it's different. And here's what they say. They said he teaches as one having authority. It's not one that's in charge. It's not one that's standing up in front of a group, and everybody has to pay attention to him because he's just walked in and said, look, this is what it is. This is a setting and situation where the word authority means out of the original stuff. That's literally what it means. So Jesus begins to step up and he begins to tell us that he's committed to multiple things. And the first thing is this, he's committed to his, his word. If, if you want to live a life that's different, have a different commitment. Be, be committed to, to God's word because that's what Jesus is doing. He's teaching and he's committed to God's word. He's committed to, to what God put forth originally. And so he's, he's committed to, to the word. Why is that? Because he is the word. John chapter 1 tells us that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is beginning to, to stand up and he's really beginning to teach who he is and, and, and who is in front of them. And here's the, the important thing. The religious people don't even get who's in front of them, but other people are sitting around and they're saying, wow, this is different. Did you know, do you know what that tells me? Do you know what it ought to tell you? That there's, there's a hunger inside of us, no matter who we are, no matter where we come from, to know that there's a plan and a purpose for our life, to know that we can live for something more, to know that we can be forgiven, to know that there can be a deeper purpose, to know that our life can have real lasting value and meaning. And that's what Jesus is doing. He, he's saying, look, I am committed to the word. If we want our life to be different, we need to be committed to biblical principles. We need to be committed to biblical truth because that's really what Jesus is doing. He's saying, look, I'm here in authority and truth. I'm, I'm here in commitment to the word. But, but then they, they said, look, that there's something different about him. He teaches as one who's bringing out the original what? The original word and the original power. When, when we look at Jesus, what does Jesus do? 
Jesus begins to bring spiritual answers. Jesus begins to bring physical answers. Jesus begins to deal with the mental and emotional struggles that, that are surrounding all of these people. And he does it because he's committed first to the word. He's committed to its original intention. He's committed not only to the word and to the power that comes from that, but he's committed to his own identity. What does that mean? In verse number 24... The unclean spirit in this individual that's being troubled by the unclean spirit. The unclean spirit says, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. It's amazing. It's amazing that the demons recognized who Jesus is, but the religious crowd didn't. Think about that for just a moment. As, as Jesus walks in, he stands up, he begins to share. He, he's teaching them something different. He's teaching them in a, in a, a, a different way. They know that there's something different about him, and, and, and there's this evil spirit that, that says, look, we know who you are, the Holy One, the Son of, of God. Why is that so important? Because when Jesus was living different, he wasn't trying to blend in to the community. He wasn't trying to mix in and take on the identity that everybody else had for him. Jesus was living the identity of the Son of God. He was living the identity of, of the Word. He was living the identity of one who was quick and powerful and able to solve all problems and be the answer that people needed in life. And I wonder how many times we are we really committed to living out the identity of a real Christ follower. You see, I know that in this life we have pressures. And I know in this life that there are, are, are pressures that are, are put upon us to, to take on the identity of, of someone else or, or something else, right? To, to, take, to give in to the pressure of, of conforming to those that are around us. That pressure was, was put on Jesus. Wouldn't it be hard to, to be walking around and, and, and to have the people that, that should know everything about you know nothing about you? I mean, imagine going to a family reunion and everybody's been expecting you and you show up and everybody says, wow, we don't even know who you are. I, I mean, we, we, we thought that, you know, you might come, but you look a little bit different and we're not sure that you are one of, of us. Think about it this way. How many times in, in life do, do we go into a setting and situation and we take on a different identity because we need to fit in in that moment. Or how many times in, in life do, do we give in to the lie that, that honestly Satan wants us to believe, and, and that is this, that our identity is whatever our past is. Because there's a, a lot of people that, that allow the, the previous struggles, the, the, the previous problems of life to begin to identify who they are. 
Yet Jesus is committed to the word. And why is that so important? Because when we're committed to the word, it sets us apart differently. We can live life with a different power, a different influence. We can live life with a different identity. And some of us today are just as committed to our past because we haven't let go of it as we are to our future. We're, we're, We're still holding onto it. Jesus says, look, I want you to come and follow me. And when Jesus says, I want you to come and follow me, what he's saying is, is when you come, you can live a life that's committed to the word. You can live a life that's committed to that power. You can live a life that is committed to a new identity. Honestly, if, if, if you want a different life, it's not going to come from people around you. It's going to come from one who wants to do something inside of you. And for most of us, the things that we want to be different can and will be different if we make a greater commitment like Christ made, a commitment to God's word, a commitment to that authority in God's word, a commitment to that identity of what his word says that we are. When Jesus showed up in town and he went to Capernaum and he walked into the synagogue, people knew that he was different because he was relying on something different. He was living something different. And the reality is this, we're not gonna find a different life by trying to live the same as somebody else who's also looking for something different. Because the reality is this, the scribes and the Pharisees, they wanted something different. You say, how do you know? Just read the Bible. The the two groups were religious and they opposed each other. And, and, And both of them missed who Jesus was at the same time. Yet Jesus was constantly calling out and he was saying, look, if you want something different in, in, in your life, if you want your life to be more, than, then, then here it is. Come and, and commit to me. You, you can commit to, to my word. You, you, you can trust it. I am who it says I am. You can commit to the power that is there. You, you see, I can teach as one having authority because I, I have the authority not only to, to heal physical sickness, but there's the authority to forgive sins. And, and can I tell you that that tells us no matter what we need in this life, the one who has the power and the ability to give it to us is Jesus Christ. We go a little bit further and we discover that that Jesus has compassion. As we read down in those verses just a moment ago, here's, here's what happened. Jesus spends time in the synagogue teaching People are going, wow, this is completely different. We've we've not heard something like this. It is not as the scribes. And and we begin to learn that he's relying on the word because he is the word. He's relying on authority because he is that authority. He's committed to it. He's relying on that identity because that is who he is. But we begin to see that he has compassion. We begin to see that Jesus is willing to take time, not only in the church, but, but he's willing to take time in the home, outside of the the quote-unquote religious center of their day. He comes to the home 
of, of Simon and Andrew. And obviously we, we know that, that Simon, who, who later his name is, is changed to, to Peter, he has a wife. The Bible says his mother-in-law is sick. She has a, a fever. They come and they tell Jesus, and what does Jesus do? Jesus, in the, in the verses previous to it, he recognized the suffering of someone that was in need. He recognized the suffering of someone at church in the synagogue, a place where they had gathered to worship. But now he recognizes the suffering of one in the home. And what does Jesus do? Jesus is moved with compassion, and he goes and he lifts her up. He takes her by the hand, and, and all of a sudden, the fever is gone. Why? Because Jesus cared enough to get involved in her life. You see, there's a, a difference between the word care and compassion. Care says you notice it, and, and care says it might get your attention, but compassion says this, look, you, you, you can't take it anymore. You're going to get involved. You're moved to do something, and Jesus was moved to do something in the life of this woman. The, the life of a woman that, that we just know as, as Peter's mother-in-law. And here's what takes place in her life. Jesus touches her and her life is not the same. She moves from one that is pictured as suffering in need. Now she's serving those that are in need. The Bible says that, that he, he raised her up, her fever was gone, and then it just kind of closes it out and it says this, she served them. Who are the them? Those that had a need. Those that, that were before her. Those that she could make a difference in their life. What an absolutely incredible, encouraging story for us to think about. An absolutely powerful and practical story. Here's, here's what happens. Jesus shows up on the scene. He says, look, I have what you need. He proves that he's different by, by teaching, and people say, wow, we need to hear more of what you have to say. He proves that he's different by, by healing, right? And then he continues, and when he, he walks into Peter's mother's house, he doesn't say, wow, I'm tired. He doesn't say, man, I'm fatigued. You know what? I left that back at the office, right? That's, that's not what he, what he says. He, he begins to, to go in, and he begins to work in her life, and when her life is touched and changed, do you know what she does? She begins to serve. Do you ever wonder why in Scripture some people's lives, it, it, it's touched, and, and, and it's changed, and immediately they're, they're changed, and they begin to do more for God, yet in, in other passages of Scripture, many people are touched, and and, and their life is forever changed, but they go on living. And the Bible never says that they went and served. That they made a difference in somebody else's life. And, and we'll look at that, and we'll say, I wonder why that is. You see, here's, here's the reality. I, I think it's that way because that's just how we all live, right? I, I think there's occasions where where God does things for us, and we just continue on, and we know he did something for us, but, but we're not moved to do something for him. We're, we're not moved by, by his grace. We're not moved to move from suffering in need to, to serving in need. And it's kind of one of those things that, that we look at, at Mark chapter 10 and verse number 45. The, the Bible says, for the Son of Man did not come to to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for, for many. 
And I think we're missing out on the Christian life and, and all the, the Christian life is intended for our life to be until we get a hold of that. That it's not necessarily about what we, we can get from God. It's about how we can live our life for God. You see, sometimes we think that we're God's audience, right? But, but the reality is God should be our audience. We, we should be living to please him. And when Jesus comes and he begins to call his disciples, he's doing something that's completely different. He's saying, look, I'm not going to interview you. You don't have to sit at my feet for six weeks or six months. I'm not worried about your background and what family you come from. Look, I just want you to come I just want you to come. Why? Because I'm committed to this thing called the word. I'm committed to a greater power that can bring forgiveness and healing in your life. I'm committed to, to the identity that I have as the son of God, and I want you to come and be committed to that as well. But then he says, we need to live a life of compassion. A life of compassion. It was a rare thing then, and it's a rare thing now. How tragic when Jesus tells the story about the Good Samaritan, that he uses one that, that Jews despised to get through the compassion. Because again, the religious people, the people that had resources, the people that should have known better, did nothing. They walked by and they left a guy laying in a ditch, battered and bruised. They passed him up, but the Samaritan comes along and according to Jesus, he picks him up. He pays for the care and does everything that needs to be. And Jesus says, wow, that's somebody that loves God and that's somebody that loves his neighbor. Do you know what Jesus is doing in the synagogue and what he's doing in, in Peter's home? He's giving us a life that looks different, not just occasionally, but continually. Well, which brings me to, to the, the last simple thing, and, and it's this, that, that Jesus continued Jesus continued. You say, John, what do you mean by that? Well, I, I've thought a, a lot this week as to what is, is being played out in verse number 32. It says, at evening when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because... They knew him. We, we see a continued commitment to the word. We see a continued commitment to the authority, the power, his identity. We see a greater movement of, of compassion. But, but here's something I, I want you to stop and think about. He's already taught in the synagogue. He's already healed Peter's mother-in-law, but now the whole city is coming. And the Bible says there's various diseases. There's people that have physical needs. There's people that have spiritual needs. There's people in this group that have mental and emotional needs. There's people in this group that are possessed by demons. That's what scripture tells us. And what does Jesus do? He continues his commitment to the word of God, to who he is and what he came to do and how he is to live. And he continues with compassion. When we look at the life of Christ, 
One of the things that sets him apart and makes him completely remarkable is the fact that he lives to a different standard. And that different standard is the original stuff, the authority, the original stuff of God's word. What, what God said, what God spoke, what God gave. A word of truth, a word of authority, a word of compassion, a word that continues. You say, John, what are you saying? In this passage of scripture, Jesus was different at church. He was different in the home. He was different in the community. The whole city comes out to him, and Jesus remained the same. I wonder what a difference it would make in our life and how it would help us to be different and how it would help us to satisfy that longing that we have for something different if we truly lived according to his word, not only in his house, but in our house and in the community. Because when the whole city came out to see Jesus, do you know who they saw? They saw the same Jesus that was in the synagogue. They saw the same Jesus that was in Peter's house. The same Jesus that took time for one, took time for many. It's a remarkable life. It's a different life. And here's the reality. It's remarkable and it's different. Because Jesus was operating off of a different standard. Why did he teach different than the scribes? Why did he have an authority that, that they didn't seem to have? Yes, he was the son of God. But here's the reality, and we need to understand it. The same truth that Jesus was living was available to them. They just ignored it. The same truth that Jesus was living, what was available to them, and perhaps even known by them, but it made them uncomfortable. The same truth that, that Jesus was living in the same authority that, that was there, that the Bible says is, is this, it lives in us. Once we know him as our Savior, once we've invited him to forgive our sins and to be our Savior, that same power, that same truth, that same one lives in us. If you're a Christ follower today, that same power to live different is available to you. The question is this, will we make a different commitment? Because the difference between Jesus and the scribes, it's not for us to say, wow, he was the son of God, so he has a, a complete advantage. No, here, here's the reality. They were committed to tradition, they were committed to comfort, they were committed to what made them look better than other people, and Jesus said this, I'm committed to truth. I'm committed to his word. I'm committed to the power that comes from it. You see, Jesus lived a remarkable life, because when we look in Mark, and we see the first thing that Jesus does, is he's baptized which is symbolic of what he came to do. 
his death, his burial, his resurrection. That was how he was going to live. In obedience to the Father's plan, he lived in obedience to the word. He lived in obedience to that authority and that power. And his life was different. And I want to tell you something today. Your life can be different. Every life can be different when we begin to be committed to his word, when we begin to be committed to compassion like his. When we continue it, not just in the church, but at home and in our community. Because I'm telling you this, we live in a day and time where people need Christ followers who are committed to his word, committed to his truth, not just in his house, but in our houses, our neighborhoods, and in our city. And that is what he's calling us to today. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? In just a moment, we're going to have a time for us to, to respond. And maybe you're here today, and you say, John, you talked about Jesus being willing to die for me. You talked about the need for a Savior. Today, if you're not certain that Christ is your Savior, here's what I would like to invite you to do today. I would just encourage you to ask yourself th this question. Do you know that your life is not perfect and that you've sinned? It just means that you've, you've missed God's mark, that you've missed God's standard, that you've done something that doesn't agree with God. Do you know that? Because we're all sinners and we all need a Savior. Today, do you know that? Do, do you believe the best you know how that Jesus went to the cross and he died for you? He paid the penalty for your sin. He was buried and he rose again. Do you trust that? If you'll believe that, you're a sinner. If you'll believe and trust that Jesus died, that he was buried and that he rose again for you, the only thing left to do to take care of salvation in your life and the complete forgiveness of sins is for you just to say, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior and I'm trusting you to be my Savior. Would you forgive me? Would you save me? Today, if you've not done that, I want to invite you right where you are to do that right now. If you're watching online, doesn't matter whether you're in person, online, wherever, we all need a Savior, and Jesus is the one who can save us. So today, if you're not sure, pray a simple prayer that goes just like this. Dear Jesus, the best I know how, today I'm asking you to be my Savior. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I'm asking you to be my Savior and help me live for you. If you'll ask that prayer, the Bible says, for whoever, whoever calls upon his name will be saved. And today, if you've done that, he offers you salvation. He offers you an eternal home in heaven. And we'd like to help you grow in that new found relationship. So today, if you've done that, let us know. There's a way that you can connect with us online or after the service. Maybe you're here today and you would say, 
John, honestly, I know Christ is my Savior, but when you talked about a different life and a different commitment and, and needing to be more committed to his, his word, maybe today you would say, look, that, that's me. I need to be a little more committed to his word, to his truth, not my comfort. Simon and Andrew, James, John, they left their career, they left their connection, they left their comfort. Maybe that, that's what God is asking you to do, to, to go ahead and, and have less of, of you and more of him. Today, maybe that's your prayer. Maybe it would be, Lord, help me to continue in the community. Help me to be different there. If that's you today, make that your prayer as we close in prayer together. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you've done. Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you today, Lord, we ask that you'll help them to take that step, that right now that they would pray and that they would offer up a simple prayer that just confesses their sin and invites you to be their Savior, just as I offered as an example a moment ago. Father, for those that would say we need a different commitment in our life, that you would help them to make that commitment, that you would help them to make that change. Lord, I ask that you'll take the words that we've sang this morning, the words that we've listened to that have, have come from your word, and Lord, I ask that you'll help those to change our hearts and to change our lives and help us to live for you. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home and allowing us to share hope with you. You know, when we think about the love of Jesus, it's absolutely amazing to stop and realize that he gave his life for you and for me. And all we have to do is simply put our faith and trust in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that changes us for all eternity. Today, if you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to be your personal savior, I want to encourage you to do that right now. It's as simple as admitting that your life is not perfect, admitting that you've sinned, that you've missed God's mark of perfection, and putting your faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is God's love in action, and he demonstrated his love for you and for me by going to the cross, by being buried and by rising again on the third day. And today, if you'd like to invite him to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior, I would encourage you right where you are just to simply say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. And he will do it. If you've made that decision today, please let us know. Please reach out to us. We would love the opportunity to help you learn more about who Jesus is and the incredible plan that he has for your life. If you are a part of the Harmony family, uh, you're a part of our Harmony uh, online community and our online campus, I want to thank you for joining us as well. And I want to invite you to start regathering with us in person if you would like to do so. But please remember, we're keeping everything online as well, so you're not going to miss out uh, on our Sunday morning experience and the other things that we've been doing through the week. We're going to continue to offer those and to continue to meet a need in your life. And if you would like to help us continue uh, to serve our community and, and literally the world, uh, we would encourage you to hop on over to harmonyofavon.com forward slash give, and you'll be able to help us continue the ministry and to make a difference, not only here locally, but globally as well. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home. And I pray uh, for God's greatest blessings in your life. And I hope that you'll continue to stay connected to us throughout the week. You have a great day.